Cool, I got the keys, so I just come in and you know, comment on the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? He's not the Lois can never have Superman's family. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. I tried to get you out of handle trouble from the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play little games instead. Aquaman's a hero! I'm sure it's better than number one looks like. I guarantee you, boys, will go back to the shop. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic forum. Assemble. Thank you guys for joining us again. We have somebody in the wind tunnel for some reason. Um, but here we are, once again, live, bringing you the latest in comic book news, reviews, booze, amouche booze, everything. And uh, uh, we're going to have a, a pretty decent show for you today. Larry's not here. Let me start off by saying Larry's not here. He prefers to have dinner with strangers than to hang out with us and talk shit and talk shit about comics. But we are here and we are live. Nonetheless, the show must go on. Uh, today, we're going to talk to you about Watchmen, the HBO TV series. We're going to talk to you about Ghoul, the comic book. Actually, it's called Ghoul, the band presents Ghoul, the comic book. We're also going to talk to you about Calamity of a Zombie Girl, the original animated anime, original video animation. We're going to talk to you a little bit about that. And as usual, we're going to give you the, the weekly rundown on Titans, what's happening with Titans, and uh, news. Today's show is brought to you by none other than the great people at Jeffrey's Comics. They are LA and South Bay's premier comic book outlet and collectible outlet and Magic Card the Gathering outlet they got game nights and stuff you should check them out they're on instagram at, at jeffrey's comics and uh, you can yelp them and look them up and you can also get a deal if you mention our name all you got to do is give them a call 310-538-3198 and speaking of calling calling you can call us if you want to talk shit or if you want to uh too shy, shy to talk shit or too shy to tell us what you've been reading or anything you can join us in chat but the lady will tell you how to do all that want to get in on the action Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. So for those of you listening now, you're going to miss Larry's review on all these things. He, uh, I assume he watched them because he had enough time to do pre-production before he decided to do whatever it is he decided to do. And, Word. Uh, <laughs> He'll, uh, don't be surprised if you do get to hear his take on these things. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how he's laughing right now. So he's like, ah, I'm not doing that shit show with those jerk-offs tonight. Left. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> I really did want to hear his take on Watchmen. Uh, 
I wanted to hear his take on Calamity of a Zombie Girl on Titans because he's behind. He's not even caught up on Titans, so I'm okay with that. He don't need to be talking about that. And then what's the other thing in the news? You know, there's a lot going on in the news. A lot of people talking more crap about comic book movies, but we'll get to that at the right segment. In the meantime, let me introduce you to the the felons that are here with me today. You have Oz in the Midwest somewhere from a clandestine location beaming to a satellite in geosynchronous orbit to bring us to your ears. Yeah, I'm finally back. Yeah. And then we have Joe, who I think is inside a wind turbine or something. Say hello, Joe. Hello. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? Good, good. What's up with your mic? Um, I don't know. It m- must be the window. Or I dropped it. One of the two. Yeah, I don't know. now it sounds okay. You were a little too close or something, I guess. But, but yeah, here we are. We are getting closer to the Halloween time. Let's start off with a little bit of the the calamity of a zombie girl, Joe. I gotta, I, I gotta give it to you on this one, man. I didn't think you could get me to watch something like this, but I had to power on. But you go ahead and give us the rundown on what it is and everything. Okay. So, Calamity of a Zombie Girl, it's kind of like your typical horror movie anime where some kids break into a place they're not supposed to. They activate an evil zombie mummy girl, and it gets its revenge on them. It's a pretty standard, but the way they go about it, is so awkward like i love it it's almost like they didn't know like they heard of horror movies and kind of had an idea of how they go but they didn't want to stray too far out of their wheelhouse and it makes for some really kind of standard kind of awkward moments um yeah basically yeah that's what you've got and uh for me, it was like 4D awkwardness because, well, it's it subtitled, not dubbed. So I tried to watch it for three days and I couldn't get through it. Not because I didn't want to, but, you know, if I'm watching it at work, there's a lot of distraction. Today, I had the time to actually watch it at home finally, but it was still hard. I don't know if the, the, the captions are too fast or... Or maybe the general awkwardness of it that kind of threw me off when reading. I don't know if that makes any sense, Joe. No, I get it. It's hard to focus on what's being said because what's being said is so strange and or done in a very strange way. And what's happening on the screen is strange. Right. Like, there's this really cool part where a guy gets his arm ripped off and he does, like, the delayed reaction thing. And it's like, it goes on for so long. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on for so long. And you're trying to read what's happening, like, read what he's saying. But you're looking at the arm being off and wondering, like, when exactly is he going to respond to this? <laughs> and, you know, it, because it's called Calamity of a Zombie Girl, like, I thought he got infected with the zombie virus. Okay, he's a zombie. He's not reacting to this because he don't feel it. You know, right? I'm like, so every so everybody that died, and then it turns out that that's not the case, or it still may be. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things like you just really kind of have to watch to to really understand what we're saying here because it, it's a strange, even you know, because it, it also reminds me of like the old uh, Boris Karloff mummy movie. You know, like right? It's a, they're they're tre- they're hunting for treasure in this data room of a university you know not a pyramid but you know pyramids do compile historical artifacts and things that 
that tell you about that moment in time. And, you know, then they remove a jewel and then it activates the mummy. And then here's a similar thing, but it's inside the girl, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. And they take it out from inside the dead girl. And it's called, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called the life stone? Yes. Right. So it's the life stone that keeps her dead. So when you take the life stone, it comes to life. Which, to me, that was a little backwards. Am, am yeah. I right? Yeah. I guess if is that part of his charm. I guess if it's bringing her back to life, maybe. Well, uh, again, this, oh, it's go ahead. weird because they don't actually explain how the life stone works. Like, it kind of gives them life and it kind of keeps them asleep. Like, it kind of does both the way they describe it. Yeah. So it's like the only thing we know for sure is that when you take it from her, then she activates. And gets mad. Right. But she's not even that mad. No, she isn't. And then at one point, they fight on a basketball court. And it turns into like a fighting anime. Yeah. With that <laughs> basketball themed. Yeah. Dribbling. And, <laughs> and she throws her into from the three-point line. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's nice. awesome, but it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I have it no does. idea what you guys are talking about now. I'm sorry, say that again. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You're like, this just sounds weird. It is weird. Yeah, like it's really weird. And it's so funny because when you watch it, you can see what they're trying to do. And like, it's easy. It's a movie that's easily fixable. You could easily go in and fix this, like by making like some minor tweaks to like some of the pauses and some of the actions. And uh, yeah, but it. Because they don't, it just comes off as really awkward and kind of hilarious. Yeah, I was too confused to find it hilarious. <laughs> I ended up, I, I guess if I would have, if it would have been in English language, dub, I think I probably would have enjoyed it better. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, I, I've actually gotten used to watching things that are subtitled. You know, I don't prefer it still. I know it was a little harder for me at first, but I'm get, kind of getting used to it. But this one would have benefited from a dub because it's just so off the wall, you know, like, and it, it's off the wall as it is. It's still structured. And I guess that's how you were saying, Joe, like they don't want to go too far off the formula in a sense. And they still kind of just jam everything they want to do within that framework. Yeah. There are a couple of things that don't make sense, which is also kind of funny to me. Like, the reason they go and steal the life stone is because the one girl wanted to give it away to this teacher, uh, but uh, he's a teacher, so he should have had full access to that room, like, without breaking in. So it's, it's kind yeah. of funny, like, when you think about it, like, a there's a whole cycle of events that didn't need to happen. Right. In a way, it kind of... It, it, it kind of gives me that vibe, you know, after hearing you talk about it, of course, because I didn't get that from watching it, <laughs> is uh, it gives me that vibe of like an Evil Dead 2 where it's just so crazy, but still horror, you know what I mean? Right. And, that is one thing I do like. I, I like the horror elements. Some of the horror elements are actually really good. The blood and gore, the brain matter. And even the animation style. The animation style is good. Like the frame rates are good. Like it doesn't look cheap. Yeah. So it's a right. it's a live action movie that at one point turns into an animation. Is that what I'm getting from? It's, it? it's all no, animated. it's all animated. Okay, you said yeah. it turns into like an anime at one point, but I guess it just like oh, changes no, style. A no, a fighting anime. Like, like it stopped being a horror anime for like 
five minutes in order to be a fighting anime where like they're going all out like fighting almost literally like Dragon Ball Z, right? Like a Dragon Ball Z type fight and in the middle have, of a horror anime. And they still have the similar type of conversation, like a Dragon Ball Z fight about <laughs> the shit they're talking about. Right. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's nuts. Um, and that's really the only way I could describe it. Like, even as a horror thing, like, you know, I was thinking, you know, horror, like, even like Calamity of a Zombie Girl, I, I, you know, I was thinking something more along the lines of like a High School of the Dead type, you know? Right. Which that in itself could be along these lines. It's just a little more coherent. Yeah. Because that's more like, like a kind of funny, but horror for real, you know? Um, kind of mm-hmm. like, like a funny 28 Days Later, you know? Right. I get that. And, like, I don't know if you've seen the newer ones, like, when they're on the island. The OVA. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Like, that is, it's, it's, that's, that's a strange one, too, because it, it's, like, all funny, fun, but it's High School of the Dead still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's all bright, too, because, you know, in High School of the Dead, and even this, to an extent, like, the area is gritty and dirty and grimy because of the blood and shit. But over here, they're in a tropical paradise with no blood on it. But there's right. zombies, so it's a little strange. Yeah, Joe, I, I don't know, man. I hope... Did you read the comic that I suggested for this week? I wasn't able to. Um, unfortunately, I've been... Uh, my internet provider has not been providing me internet. Have you been providing it money? Yes, I have. That's fucked up, then. Yeah, They've been having a, like a service issue, and I know I didn't even get a chance to rewatch Calamity. Like I'm going off of memory from when I saw it like a month ago, a month or two ago. Oh man! See now that's pre-production, man. <laughs> Months in advance. But yeah, um, one this like I watched it. I made sure to watch it. It took me three days to do it. It took me two days to get ten minutes in, and it took me today to get to actually watch it all the way through um but it is like i w- i made sure to watch it because i'm like man if joe reads this comic then i'm gonna feel bad for not watching this movie even though you know like every 10 minutes or so like i would get kind of cool looking i'm like oh well you know maybe i should stick with it and i'm like oh man what the fuck you know <laughs> and it's not that i wasn't enjoying it it's just it's just so weird and i'm it's i'm having a hard time reading this strangeness and seeing this strangeness you know right so um yeah, uh, I'll compare it to this comic, too, because this ghoul comic uh, is a horror anthology, but it's still kind of weird like that this movie, too, in a sense. It kind of has a similar feel. It's just a little bit more uh, less awkward, but it's still like, you know, there's similar stories to what you've seen in horror anthologies. They're just done with this weird take. That's this weird humor, you know? Oh, Okay. Like it's kind of it, it. It was in a way talking about these two things on the same show is kind of thematic. But we'll get to that comic review a little later. Um, now, Joe, have you read any of the novels that it's based on? This calamity of a zombie girl? No, I haven't. Like I kind of just saw it. Like I was looking through Verve for new stuff to watch, and it just caught my caught my eye. So I tried it. And you know, Verve did something good for you. Well, not good, but something interesting. For your birthday, Joe. They got rid oh, of Shudder. You know what? I did notice that. Like, yeah. you told me to check out Creep Show, And so I went, uh, the last time I was on Verve, I went to check for it. And I noticed Shudder was gone. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Shudder was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, especially on on Verve, because Shutter itself is awesome, but on Verve it's more streamlined and it feels like you're missing stuff. But I actually went and compared the two, and it had everything that that the app had. But it was easy, easier to find on Verve because there's less of that like uh, that I guess that ambiance that the app wants to create because it's a Verve app with Shutter content. So you can just like see what you want to see, and that's it. No kind of flashiness or anything. Yeah, right. That's one thing Verve is pretty good at. Like a lot of these other streaming apps, you like go to type something in, and they might give it to you, but they're gonna give you like eight other things that are sometimes not even close to what you're looking for. Yeah, and Verve doesn't do that, and especially like. The one thing I really like is the, you know, you can list a channel, everything from A to Z. Uh-huh. So it makes it real easy to get through and yeah. find what you're looking for. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you seen What the Hell Are You Doing Here, Teacher? Oh, I love that show so much. It's, <laughs> it's so, so good. <laughs> it's so perverted. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Like, I don't know if we're going to get an uncensored version. Oh. But in Japan, they sent, they got an uncensored version with the magazine uh-huh. and I could not, well, I probably could have bought it, but then I would have had to like buy it on Amazon.jp and Google Translate and do all that, like a whole lot of steps I wasn't willing to go through. Well, luckily, Joe, I, I did this research for you. When it comes to Blu-ray, It'll be uncensored. Nice. But yeah, that show is so funny. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing on Verb. Like, you have just a wide variety of, of content. Because, like, they have, what is it? Like, Curiosity Stream, High Dive, Crunchyroll. Yeah. The Canadian- and High Dive is really awesome. Like, yeah. well, I say awesome, but I mean interesting. Because <laughs> they have, like, a, a lot of super old licenses. Like, these random old licenses that, realistically, no one would try to work to get. But they have them. So it's, like, a lot of this older stuff that I had no chance of finding, they have. So it's, like, pretty cool. And they have more of, um, I guess, like, well, yeah, the variety of anime that they have, I guess. Because you can get anything from, like, you know, young adult or teen stuff to slightly more mature stuff. Right. You won't get like necessarily like from a crunchy roll or a Funimation, you know? Mm-hmm. So what would you give this calamity of a zombie girl? Um, I would give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not necessarily saying that it's good, but it's one of those, like, it's so bad. It's good. Like it's fun to watch. It's awkwardness to me. Like I, I really enjoyed it. And I also, too, just like the fact that I haven't seen a lot of anime movies like this. Awkwardness aside, it's kind of just like a straight horror movie, yeah. kind of. Which it's a, even kind of like a traditional horror movie. So it's like, I like that. I wish we had more anime like that. I just wish, yeah, like it would be nice to have some that are done well that aren't as awkward as this. But the awkwardness is funny to me. So I enjoyed it. And the blood and gore is pretty good. I, I do wish the tone was a little more horror. But aside from that, I mean, I would give it a three. Three out of five. Because there was points where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm sucked into this. And then it gets awkward. I'm like, oh, what am I? Why am I doing watching? You know? But 
had I watched it with an English dub, I think I probably would have enjoyed it better. But yeah, that's why I give it a three out of five. Okay. I just when I think when I think of horror, like what was the one that we saw that we liked? Was it the Jinji Ito collection? Yeah. Yeah. Like those had like the tone, the vibe, the feel was like horror this felt more like just a, a standard adventure anime with a horror story you know what i mean but i guess yeah. that's, it's awkward yeah. too you know mm-hmm. so if you like the awkwardness then yeah that's right up your alley <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah three out of five for me four out of five from you so that's what like 3.5 3.25 3. yeah 5. something like that yeah definitely should check it out if you're interested in horror or awkwardness you should check it out yeah, Verve, I think, gives you a free 30-day trial right now. You should definitely check it out. There's good shows on there. They got Curiosity Screen Stream that has a lot of good shows, like when you're into like science stuff and history. So it's not necessarily like cartoons. Like There's actually cool stuff there. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite shows is Why Science. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. And uh, Miniverse is another one that's pretty good. I don't remember what Miniverse was because I was high when I watched it, but... <laughs> I enjoyed. I actually saw a show on there on Verve about uh, it was hashtag George Washington is the name of the show. And it's basically like trying to use the way they analyze like Twitter and stuff like social media. Use that type of algorithm to get a sense of what George Washington was from everything he ever wrote, like letters and, and correspondence and, and things like that. And get oh, a sense wow. of his personality. So they profile him. And then in it, because of it, all those putting those things together, they found out that, why don't they found out, but they pointed out to me uh, that (laughs) part of the reason he was all into the revolution from England was because he owed a British bank like $60,000 for a failed tobacco farm that he started. So instead of paying it, he's like, let me just kill this guy in battle. (laughs) And and now we have America because he didn't want to pay his debt. So you don't pay your credit card, you're Upholding the values of our forefathers. <laughs> nice. It was it was, a, it was an interesting show, and it was only like 15 minutes. You know, like, it's not a full, you yeah. know, season documentary thing, like Ken Burns or some shit. Like, they're done in a way that you can catch them while you're waiting for your proctology exam or something. Right. Um, and I made a mistake. The show is actually not called Why Science. It's called Because Science. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that and show. Yeah, he does, like, a lot of comic book and like yeah like a lot of comic book questions answered with science like he talks about how many people batman killed or would have killed scientifically like by catching them with the grappling hook yeah it's like he does a lot of stuff like that or how many times he would have died too like that's an interesting one yeah well, it, but that's something i thought of um <laughs> tiger's line chat says what's up fantastic forum what do you think of bloodshot trailer uh but most important of all that final trailer for star wars the rise of skywalker did it hit you with the feels uh did you see that trailer that i've been having internet service provider issues Mm -hmm. so i have not seen the bloodshot nor the star wars trailer oz did you see those trailers at all i did um i don't know i i think a lot of people are making star wars seem way more important than it really is like i see i see fuckers crying on that trailer well watching that trailer i'm like bitch you didn't even fucking watch nobody watched star wars when i was a kid all of a sudden you're over here crying your eyes out yeah <laughs> like i i what got the trailer worth crying about just because it's like the like there's there's some moments 
in it and you know it's the last one of the Skywalker saga. I mean, it's not the last Star Wars. We know that for sure. But supposedly it's the last Skywalker saga. Like there's a moment where they're fucking around with C-3PO. Like they're doing something to him and he just like stops and he's staring. And everybody's like, well, what what are you doing? And he says something like, I'm just taking a moment to to see my my friends for the last time or something. But he... It, it sounds way better when he does. It. I just don't remember the exact quote. And so that's like when I was like, oh, and then obviously showing Princess or I guess General Leia at this point, you know, because, you know, she's dead like the actress. So, you know, people, yeah. people are getting all emotional. I, I don't know. I It doesn't it doesn't hit me that emotionally hard. I mean, I don't know. It, it just seems like Star Wars has become a bigger deal as I get older to people who would have like laughed at me for talking about Star Wars when I was younger. Or some of those that did. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like the greatest the greatest piece of, of cinema ever created. <laughs> well, I have thoughts about that cinema comment, too, because I've been mulling it over since last week, but I'll get to that later. I saw the Bloodshot trailer. I didn't care for it. But, Oz, you, you saw the Bloodshot trailer? Yeah, it looks like a good movie, but I don't... I didn't read Bloodshot comics like that. Nobody reads Bloodshot comics. Honestly, I forgot... This movie was even being made till you said, hey, the trailer's out. Oh, I didn't say that. That was Larry. I, I would never promote this movie. No, oh, both your texts start with an M, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I've heard of the character. I kind of know a little bit about him. I've never read any of the books, but I. Well, I at, least at least this has a better chance of coming out correct than Final Fantasy fourteen does. Not from what Mo has said, because Mo, you've read a few books, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. First of all. Uh, Bloodshot is pale white with red eyes all the time. And has hair, right? Yes. Okay. And right here, it just looks like a random ass, like, uh, whatchamacallit movie, uh, Ben Diesel movie. See, and I was wondering about that, because when I, when I was looking at up the character, I saw that he was, like, a, a gray, like, he should be looking like Kratos. Yeah. yeah. That's how it looks like in the book, but I thought maybe that's just... An artistic thing like that's just the the colors that are subdued or something but then like i sent you the text earlier of the uh the pre-orders for the toy and the toy he's fucking like gray so now i'm thinking well so he has to be gray at some point he has to turn gray right he's he can't be dark as vin diesel color the whole movie yeah he's an italian dude so you know vin diesel is like your go-to guy even though he's not italian but everybody likes to make him italian um like italian tough guy for some reason, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I guess Vin Diesel sells to movie tick. I mean, we'll see about Bloodshot because I know the dude that was campaigning to be Bloodshot was the dude that played the Green Ranger, and he didn't get it. But for the longest time, because he was doing his makeup himself, and what's the dude's name? Jason Frank. Yeah, he was Tommy, the green, the the original Green Ranger, right? Hey, and say. he like he would do his own makeup for pictures and shit, and like Photoshop himself into the the comic covers. But he's not in that kind of shape, is he? Look, I don't know what you think of Vin Diesel. I don't think he's in that kind of shape either. I think he's got more muscle on him than Jason Frank. Because even even in his prime, Jason Frank had that like lean body, like that. Because he he's an athlete. He's a uh, he's about quickness. And all that with his martial arts, like Bruce well, Lee. Bloodshot's about that quickness too, in the well, in the comics. You know, like he's not just like a Punisher type guy. Like he's all around, well rounded. You know, everybody keeps saying it like Universal Soldier, but yeah, 
he's like that. Like it could be anybody really, because it's all nanites really just fixing him. Um, trying to get that picture in chat about the the toy that you. Oh, there it is. I just got to download it real quick. No, 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 no. But yeah, that picture looks like pale ass. I don't know if he's going to be pale in the movie. Like, it might be one of those things like Will Smith in Aladdin where he's blue in the movie but brown in the <laughs> in the posters and shit. No, he'll probably he'll probably turn like that color at some like towards the end when he when he does his, his final lines and he starts walking into the sunset or, or setting up part two. That's when like the reveal is going to be that he now he's gray because whatever the fuck he did. My prediction is that nobody's going to watch this movie. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Well, yeah, just a Vin Diesel fan. Oh, fuck. That's, yeah, I guess that's why they got Vin Diesel. Like, I guess he can't be mad at that's business. Yeah, you. you know how much money Fast and Furious movies make? Yeah, I I don't want to know, man. That's it. It's like I and I definitely don't want to hear how much they make in China. Like that would just set me off. Like nobody should ever put that figure in chat like within the next five seconds. Yeah, but China just likes to see shit like action shit. That's what they like here. Like that, literally, the criticism of Joker was that it had no action. <laughs> like that's the the bad criticism of Joker. That's what people people here are programmed. Like people in general just are programmed to like shit movies, which goes back to this fluff, this these comments that these old filmmakers are saying, but it's getting lost into like, hey, fuck this jerk off and all this internet hate that they're not even reeling because Scorsese don't got a Twitter. You know, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, like, again, Valiant Comics in general, like we tried to do a Valiant special with try to get like Valiant because they were having a big crossover event with Ninjaku and, and Dr. Solar and all this shit. And, and it, it, we didn't even want to do it. And it, it was something that nobody was talking about. It'd be fun to like explore this other publisher in its entirety for this event. And nobody gave a shit about it. I don't even think you guys even remember when I brought up the idea. No, but, I don't. But yeah, so, it, it, you know, we didn't even want to talk about it. And we'll talk about any comic just to have a little bit of content in 16 minutes of non-dead air. Dark Knight's Hex says he was bloodshot in some bat in the sun YouTube shit. Jason Frank's a martial artist. He ain't really buff. Again, you can get buff. Like, I saw Zachary Levy or what's his name? The Shazam guy get buff for a movie. Like, buffness isn't a thing that will keep you from playing a superhero in Hollywood. Nah. Well, I just thought the character was buffer. But that image that you put up, I think it was you that put it up. Yeah. That that cover, that's not that's not a buff dude. I just thought some of the images I saw, like it was a bigger dude. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who draws them too. You know, like if you look at a Dave Johnson cover. Oh, that is Jason Frank you posted. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just like a cover. Like somebody drew it. Yeah, I mean, they might have used them as a reference or something, but I mean, it doesn't look like that much more muscular than David Frank or Jason Frank. Yeah, that, Jason Frank. Yeah, no, I um seeing pictures of his of the I guess the video that that Hector was talking about. He works. I'm gonna post some of these. Like even if you look at that, uh, oh, let's see. Here. I'm gonna put this picture in chat too. If you look at like Vin Diesel pictures and um the like if you look at Vin Diesel's arms and chest and you look at the Vin Diesel statue, like they don't match up. Like he's not that buff. Yeah, like, he looks like powder who smoked pot. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, powder's mad. and, and But look, I'm not even invested in Bloodshot, and I ain't going to see it. 
yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say about that trailer. <laughs> no, he, uh, Jason Frank would have been a great bloodshot. He just looking at, at the stuff he did. I mean, yeah. he, he, he looks like a, like a soldier. Now his head looks a little big. Yeah. So he probably, but, you know, a little bit of gym time kind of bring the shoulder muscles up a little bit. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. The thing about also big heads like that, like that's one of the things that works on camera is the big head because of the curvature of the lens. So it'll look good in a you know in an anamorphic lens it'll look fine the big hit yeah uh oh you did post the toy burr in chat says i was like that video game looks so bad but it's a figure <laughs> um oh yeah you put that picture in chat yeah look he looks muscular enough right there yeah no i i i guess i just remember him from the from the old show where he was younger and leaner i guess when he used to do those spinning kicks in the opening credits yeah, that's so hot. Billy OK says, welcome to another episode of Bros Holding Guns. Can we ban Billy OK for that? <laughs> I actually could, but I don't think you really want me to. Nah, nah. I don't want anybody banned. Like, we're about to get banned from Pandora <laughs> if we keep it up. What do we do now? Eh, nothing. It's really nothing, but, you know. But it's really something. Well, you know, people don't know us and they, and they come across us. And they end up hearing cunt out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like just like that. They tend to get a little cunty. So, uh, yeah. Okay. But that's what happens when, when corporations dictate free speech. I mean, we have an explicit tag, right? Yeah, we do. But I guess because uh, something with the pop culture stuff, I, I guess they don't think that comic book fans would cuss. I, honestly, I don't even know what the content eh, is. It's really, it really doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. And if it happens, it happens. Like, that'll be a badge, you know, for us. An achievement unlocked. At least we're not out there, like, throwing racial slurs around, like Kike and Cracker and shit. Yeah, I mean, well, look, maybe after this episode, we might <laughs> might get that achievement. <laughs> but that's either here or there. Um, yeah, I didn't see that Star Wars trailer, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, I want to see the movie. Period. I got to see the other <laughs> Dark Knight text says, get those cunt bombs. Heck, I don't think you can type cunt in the chat. He just did. Yeah. Heck, edit your chat, please. <laughs> my eyes have been offended. Yeah. But my loins are excited. But see, this is this is what happens when Larry's not here. We get all and cunty. I, well, yeah, I get all cunty, but you know. Heck, just starts throwing cunt bombs in chat. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, also, when Larry's not here, we can't call him out for being a fake-ass Greg Rucka fan because he loves Greg Rucka. Like, he talks about Lazarus like it's the second coming of Christ. Yeah, that's the first thing he said when when I, when I mentioned the, uh, the show that I'm watching. Yeah. Which, which reminded me, I did mention that, sh- that TV oh, yeah. show on the show with Lawrence on. And he didn't remember that I mentioned it. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't read the shit you try to talk about. You don't watch the shit I try to talk about. Yeah. And it turns out it's the same shit. It, apparently. Yeah. Stumptown. We're, we're talking about Stumptown for people. Yes. The show Stumptown on ABC. It is based on a Greg Rucka graphic novel. I am sure they're... Huh, Tara class says that's because I heck is contagious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got to give him that one. That one. Okay. Yeah. I like that. One. I still move for betting type. Um, oh, and he edited it. <laughs> nice. Fucking <laughs> tired. Um, yeah, Stumptown is a show on ABC. Like, give us a, a quick, quick rundown on what it is, because Larry, I'm sure Larry's gonna listen to this, and he needs a a filler, a fill in on what 
this show is because he's never even read the comic. He didn't know it existed, even though he's a Greg Rook, a fanboy. Well, I described Stumptown to you guys as uh, imagine like Jessica Jones year one, but she's got no superpowers starring Maria so like Hill. Like what? So it's like Nancy Drew. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes. I don't think I read the Nancy Drew books, but yeah. You know, I like the Hardy Boys, but a girl <laughs> and only one of them. Oh, the well, rest, then, yeah. 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 So it's, so it's, we should just watch that instead. It's Nancy, yeah. I want to see Nancy. I should see it actually. So it, yeah. it's like, it's like watching Jessica Jones, but not as heavy. You know, it, it's a, it's a woman she with PTSD, except she got it in in Iraq or Afghanistan, one of the Middle East stuff. And she was military intelligence, so it turns out she knows how to find people. Stumbles into a mystery, uh, a kidnapping case, and kind of kind of forced to to help some people out. Turns out she's actually got good instincts for it. So. And she needs money, so she starts making a private investigation uh, thing. She she start she starts to become a private investigator because it's something she can do, and it pays really really well. The reason I wanted to watch it is because it's got at least two actors that I really like, which is Homegirl that that played Maria Hill and the guy that played Old Man Spider Man in Into the Spider Verse. And now the the first episode like kind of like was starting to like, piss me off a little bit because. The, what's the guy's name? Jay Johnson. Yeah, like I really like that that guy as an actor. But he yeah, was, and he plays her best friend. And the first episode, kind of like I got the impression that all, oh, oh, he's one of those guys where he's the first guy she calls when she's in trouble. And as he's you know about to like take her home or whatever, it, he waves at the guy she just fucked. You know, so I'm like, oh, he he's that guy. You know, giving her her autistic brother a job. While she's just banging random dudes all the time, and that so that that was really bugging me because he was a, he, even his character is kind of cool. He's he, a bar owner. He's just he's just cool. Second episode made me feel a lot better because that actually had flashbacks to how they met, and so you see how they get to that point where he actually is just her friend at that point. He's not really trying to fuck her, even though you get the impression that like by season two or three, if it gets that far, they're going to end up together. Yeah. But at least I don't feel like, oh, he's just kind of like, just, you know, uh, just there taking it. You know, there, there's a reason their, their relationship got to this point for a reason. And then he's got his own shit going on that gets kind of interesting and interweaves in the story. But essentially it's a, it's a mystery of the, of the week type of show it's it's got humor in it you know it's not it's not heavy there's some heavy moments because she does have her her ptsd flashbacks and the reason she left the military is kind of fucked up i won't spoil it because it's it's kind of a big deal i don't know if the book is anything like this because from what i saw it's only like four issues yeah well it's five but five like regular size issues or like four or five trades they're on the third trade right now oh so it's still ongoing yeah okay so it might be something that i I might pick up at some point uh when dark matter came out it was the same thing it was it started off as a book ended up a a tv show and i like that show so much that i bought the four issues of the book that they came out with and that show actually the books were really really close to the to the show like minor differences like the the robot was a was a chick in the show and it was like a a dude sort of it looked more like uh what's that uh amazo it kind of looked like a silver amazo oh okay now on tv the 
chick robot works better though huh yeah yeah i mean it could have been a dude but i maybe just the way the actress played it i i liked it a little more but i feel like if do like a dude android type thing it's like it's just been done a lot yeah well the the chick android i just i don't know there's a difference because it's it's an android that is emotionless like data but is trying to trying to be better yeah and having a, a woman play it like the i don't know but i don't know if it's because she's a woman or just because she's the the way she chose to do it it just it like they, there was a little bit more emotion there like she's really trying but honestly the best parts of her of that character weren't even like the books never got that far and that's where they she gets her like emotion chip or whatever and she like she, she at one point she's playing three characters She's playing her original self, which is basically data, like no, no emotion, no nothing. Uh, her emotional self, which is like a, like just a regular ass person. And then somewhere in like a character that's somewhere in between where she, she, she's able to get along with people and understand people, but it's still kind of a little bit detached. And she does all three in one episode. And it's just like crazy to watch. But the, the, the books never got that far because it was only four issues once they got sold to to a tv show they're like well we don't need to make the books anymore that's why i was surprised when you said that stumptown is still going on yeah well the thing is stumptown came out a while ago and i guess well i I, I think his story already planned out for what however long it's gonna take so he's just gonna keep putting them out you know i think that's what what kind of got me because i i saw that it was it came out in 09 and i saw that there was 19 issues so to me i thought well then it's done it was probably done by like 11 or 12, 2011, 2012. But it could be one of those things where you know, he takes a couple years off and then comes back to it. Well, that's the, the criticism with Lazarus, where it's like, I think at one point, well, Larry's not here, so we can give all this false information all we want and call Greg Rooker a lazy fuck and Larry Heck can't do nothing about it. Uh, but I think there was at one point, like three issues of Lazarus that came out in one year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really wonder what what I really want to know is how her car is in the comic. Because in the show, her comic has a has a magic tape deck. Like there's a there's a there's a mixtape stuck in her radio and just random times it'll play and it plays like the perfect song for the moment. It, it's weird to explain, but yeah, like a like the, they'll be doing like they're trying to make a, a, a decision at one point like, oh, "Okay, I, what what do we got to do? We're going to do this, do that. You know, should should I do it? Should I not?" And then the the radio kicks in. Well, the the tape, it's a tape, too. It's not like it's playing a radio station. It's just playing a tape. And it does this song. And even one of the characters is like, well, I guess I guess that's a sign. We got to do this. And that happens every episode. This car is magic. Wow. And, and, so, I, <laughs> and I, so I wonder, like, that can't be in the book. It, you know what? It might. Uh, but I'll let you know. I actually just got the first trade paperback because... I have Comixology Unlimited, okay. and they have the first one on there for free. So you're gonna so you're gonna read the first one and watch like what the the first? Are you gonna just read the first book, the first trade? Well, and I, watch I, and watch the first episode, or are you gonna read the first trade and then watch the show till you get to the point where that trade ends? Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch the show and read the comic at the same time. Okay, yeah. So it's it, you know because um, what I've started doing now is part of my cardio i just watch stuff so however long something takes i'll just do that cardio you know yeah i'm doing it with my hero academia right now but i might switch to wonder years 
and now I'm like, you know what? I'll do Stump Down too. Throw that into the mix. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, by next week I think I should be done with the first volume of that. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, show though, huh? I like it. I think it's fun. I don't. I can't say for sure if you guys will like it. Like it's not. It's not a hilarious show. It's not an action show. It's just regular ass solve a solve a mystery a week show. Some of those can be good. As far as like regular TV shows, like for me, they're just too sanitized a lot of the time. And uh, I'm particularly like seeing that more thanks to the DC universe app because it's like you know when you watch flash or supergirl or arrow like they look too clean compared to like your doom patrols your swamp things and your titans you know yeah like it almost looks like anyone on titans could just beat the fuck out of anybody in the cw verse you know just because of the show being how they are yeah but i mean those are superheroes these are regular ass people but that's what i'm saying like when comics especially when greg rucker writes a comic and it's on a, like an image or vertigo or whatever like they're like real people and doing one of those type of books not just greg Rookus, but any one of those on like a regular network show would i can almost guarantee that it's toned down you know yeah like i said i didn't read the book so i i have no comparison but you should man get comiXology unlimited and and read it for for free yeah i might or you can get a press copy i'm sure you can do that probably um yeah i should check the comic book store it's an image book right yeah yeah so it, it, i should be able to find it yeah i'll look at it i can't wait to hear what what you think yeah i'd like to oh. say I, I can't wait to hear what lawrence thinks but he doesn't care oh uh, look don't be too don't be too uh let me just put it this way i gave that motherfucker homework so, <laughs> okay so he you're gonna hear what he thinks and we won't have to waste time on it next week now, you, his- you mentioned DC Universe. Are you caught up on Titans? I'm one episode behind. I didn't get to watch it because, you know, I spent three days trying to watch um, Calamity of a Zombie Girl. Among other things, there's like Mr. Robot's back and there's a lot of things that are back that I'm like trying to watch and I just cannot focus. <laughs> so I end up watching just like, you know, Wonder Years or King of the Hill or something. Dude, the next Titans episode... Like, they're really trying to let you know that it's an adult show. Yeah. There's actual fucking nudity in the, in the like, yeah, titties and everything. Like, well, first of all, at one t- random, random chicks, not the cast. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah. okay. like at one point, uh, Grayson is in a, is a bur- burlesque place. So you got, I mean, they're titties, but with the tassels. But yeah, then, nice. then and uh, another point, he's going to meet somebody and that person happens to have two prostitutes, I guess, in his apartment and they're like completely naked. And he's just like, hey, get the fuck out. You know, we need to talk or whatever. So it's only a few seconds, but it's still that's like I wasn't expecting to see titties on Titan. Yeah, no, I wasn't either. Especially because I know people that watch that show with their kids. Well, so. and the first season was like all prepubescent kids. <laughs> well, half, but the other half. Well, yeah, basically. 25% of the people on the first season of Titans, you wanted to see them naked. Am I right about that? Wait, you... If they couldn't even get Starfire's color right, they're not going to have her naked. Larry, uh, sorry, I'm used to talking down to Larry. But Joe, can you please yeah. not be so like nihilistic about the world? The world can be a happy place. We can see I mean, her. It makes sense to see her naked. Like She's totally free with her body. Especially in a show like that. Like, she absorbs energy from the sun. And that's the thing, like, 
Well, now, now I'm flashing back to last week where we talked about uh, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titan. Like every Starfire in there had the right power set, except for the one. <laughs> well, they didn't show the one on Titans, but on the Titans TV show, she's still like they they haven't even like edited that to like make it more accurate, right? I don't think they're ever gonna fix her. <laughs> but you know I what? Like actress though, like she's a good actress. But you know what? They got Superboy right. I like that Superboy. Yeah, he looks the part. Uh, he's a, he, he's also naked in this episode. No dong, but plenty of ass. Wait, what Superboy is it? It's Connor, like the the, the clone, one, the Cadmus clone. Yeah. Why is he there? Because he's a Titan. Not in this. Iteration. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how when you were mad about Young Justice being Titans? Yeah. Yeah, now you're mad about Titans being Young Justice. He's not supposed to be there with this group. He he doesn't come till later. There's no reason for him to be there. There isn't, but he is actually really good. I can attest to that. Like his episode, his episode is probably one of the best episodes. Period. God damn it! Like that. That's what's hard about this show. Aside from Oz looking at all this nudity, is that um, they they're actually doing like good episodes here and there. <laughs> you know. So it's like you can't just write off the show. In the first season, for me, it seemed easy to write it off. But even then, like, I, I actually have people that listen that have reached out and said, you know, I'm going back and watching the first season because you guys keep talking so good about this second season. And, There's... you know, well, I'm not even trying to talk good about it. It's just what it is. You know, like, I'm still, like, zoning out two minutes at a time each episode. But the, this Superboy episode was actually a good episode that was just captivating, period. There is there's some like really fucked up things happening in in the current episode is there a kid flash on the team no no oh, God. <laughs> and you know how i've been talking about how the guy playing bruce wayne should have been alfred this like is really like like kind of pissed me off and fucked me up at the same time because it's uh he he's in this in the new episode a lot right because he's even in the thumbnail Right, that the episode is titled Bruce that, Wayne. It's Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. He's he's talking to Grayson. Like Grayson's Grayson's been hurt. And so he's talking to him and he says, "Well, maybe, you know, I have never been good at 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 bedside manner or something like something like that." It's like, "Oh, maybe maybe Alfred should have been here." And he starts talking like Alfred. Like, "Oh, Master Grayson." I was like, He's the perfect fucking Alfred. Why the fuck is he not Alfred? Why, why is he being Bruce Wayne? And then there's another scene that uh, I'll let this out. It's not really he, Bruce Wayne isn't really there. It's it's uh, Grayson's hallucination. There there's one point where he starts doing the the Batman sixty six Batusi dance. Oh my god! He start he starts doing that, and at that point, I had already real. It's far enough that I realized that. Okay, Bruce Wayne isn't actually there. This is all happening in Grayson's head. But yeah, he starts doing that. I'm like, oh, they are shitting all over Bruce Wayne. But how did he look doing the Batusi there? Like he looks... he looked like uh like Adam yeah. West. And that's my thing. Like that's my theory. I even said this online to one of our colleagues or peers or you know whatever Larry wants to call them because they're all beneath me. But I told him or her. Like, because nobody likes that Bruce Wayne, period. But to me, it's like they really like use 66 as a reference to work off of because that fucking that Robin looks like a little ass kid, even though he's supposed to be Nightwing. And then that like if you put that Robin with that Bruce Wayne, 
like they look like Burt Ward and Adam West. Yeah, I could see it if they if they were going for Adam West and this dude is perfect. If they if they're going for a, a nah, that's you're right. It's got to be it's got to be Adam West. Uh, Tiger Klein chat says blame the people doing this show. They are the ones deviating from the comics and mixing up the characters by putting them in the wrong teams. But you love that Tiger Claw. Uh, MXT also says where the hell is Tim Drake? Well, Jason Todd hasn't died, so Tim Drake isn't out yet. He's still a twinkle in his daddy's eye. He might be in another world with Young Justice. <laughs> Dark Knight Tech says, I bet they wanted Adam West to be Bruce, but he died before they got him. I mean, he's old enough to be Adam West. Yeah. Fuck, he just, oh, I hated that, that he did the, the Alfred impressions. I hate, I still hate, like, that episode where he's just sitting around waiting for Dick to call. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like that irks me. Like even people I've talked to, because you know, I'm convinced that we and mainly me is part of the reason that people are still watching the DC Universe app because you know they're they're stuck on on Titans even though they're iffy about it. But I still get that complaint from like four people that are like, well, like why was he just sitting around waiting for that phone to ring? And I think that's probably why I got a little bit excited. Because when I saw the thumbnail and I, oh, it's a Bruce Wayne is the title, I thought, well, they're going to flash back to when when it was Batman and Robin and, you know, they're going to have conversation. It's just going to be Bruce Wayne sitting talking to, to Grayson the whole time. So when at the beginning it starts off with with you just see Bruce Wayne show up in Titans Tower and it's like, oh, shit. OK, so it's, it's current times. They're they're gonna they're gonna do something now, and then he, like, he spends the whole time just shitting on Grace and just talking so much crap. It doesn't it doesn't take long to realize it that he was a hallucination because I don't think they would fuck up the character that much that he would not shut the fuck up. Like Bruce Wayne does not talk that much and doesn't talk that much shit. Like there's one point where he tells Grayson, "Oh." So the your your the best leadership quality you got uh, you bring to this team." Is that you got my number? And I was like, "Damn, that hurt me." <laughs> you know that that was like, and he just keeps talking crap to Grayson the whole episode like that. So it, I kind of I kind of enjoyed it. I even though I hate that Bruce Wayne, but I'm not too fond of that Starfire either. And you know, here I am on season two, but you get a little bit of a crypto. I didn't like that show. Period. And I'm here on season two. Yeah. Well, you skipped all of season one, right? Like you never yeah. went back to it. There's no need to. They finished it in the first episode of season two, so I saw how it ended. Yeah, no, you're right. And it, it, season two makes season one feel like it was all just set up. Yeah, like it, they could have done all of season one in like one episode. Yeah, yeah or no, a right. like a, a, a you know a prequel movie. I would I would even say maybe four because there was a couple of good episodes, like the the Hawk and Dove episode of yeah, how they, how they got a, started. Like that that deserves its own. That was, yeah. it, which it was. It was its own standalone. But the Doom Patrol episode, you don't need. Nope. Throw that in the garbage. Yeah. There, there's a handful of stuff that, yeah. I Okay, maybe three, the first three, and then you get to season two. And there's still like a bunch of shit you can cut off of season two. That's not all that necessary. But there's a lot more stuff that is good in season two than in season one. So I just hope uh, Doom Patrol gets better in season two also well look even if it's just as good it's fine um yeah i, I don't know I, i'm worried about that season two because it's almost like they just let them do their thing without any input but again 
even Titans kind of feels like that too. Like they they're kind of autonomous. Like it's not a network wide thing. Cause and Swamp Thing too. But you know that's not coming back in that way at least as far as we can tell. <clears throat> um, Hex says, uh, has everyone called to kill Jason Todd yet? I don't think that was a real thing. Uh, I don't want them to kill him because they're not going to kill him how he should die. You know what I mean? Right. There, I, I think throwing him off the building was how they wanted to kill him. Yeah. But I also think that... We haven't got re- resolution to that yet fully, right? So, Well, the end of the Superboy episode... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he he catches Jason. Like it maybe if the plan was like a Spider Man thing where when he catches him because he you know he, yeah. he, Superboy's only like a day old at this point he yeah. might have like snapped the neck but yeah, he survived. That's still a bad way to, for him to go. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of him in the next episode. So like he's dealing with with the you know he just got thrown off a fucking building and like superboy being at the right place at the right time is not what anybody expected to happen because they didn't even know the fucker existed yeah so like for all intents and purposes dude thought he was dead and so so the next episode he's dealing with that and there's a lot of them and he does a lot of things that affect future episodes like set up stuff for future episodes okay so i i really don't believe that that call in and and vote for him to die thing was real like i don't think they they ever planned to kill him off that way to begin with which is fine it's a shitty way to go yeah all right joe you have any more questions about titans um are they doing anything good with raven yes question mark there she's getting better she actually kind of looks like raven now okay joe are you planning to watch season one and two or are you just gonna skip straight to two no i'm gonna watch both okay uh do we do we know when you're planning to try to watch that um i've still been trying to get that laptop from lawrence um so as soon as i get that i'll be on the app and i can watch okay. so hopefully i'll call him tomorrow and try to get with them again to see about doing that yeah you, your opinion is really like the what i've been looking forward to the most because you're the biggest uh, out of all of us you're the bigger titans fan or teen titans or whatever you want to call them you're and, you, like yeah We've been waiting for your opinion for two seasons. Although, <laughs> although no speedster yet. I think right. I think that was one of your favorite things was the speedsters, right? That's your thing. Um, no, nah, I was just asking because I'm curious. Like, I mean, yeah, if Connor is there, then Impulse should be there. Impulse might I'm... show up later too. I mean, I don't. They don't let us know what the episodes are called. Right. And even the way that that this second season's going, like it's focusing a lot on the old, the previous Titans team while they're grooming this team so they're still kind of getting new members as as it progresses this second season like we're not i don't think we're gonna see a full-fledged team season or next season the the way they make it seem there's there's only five original titans uh hawk dove robin and aqualad and who else is that four is it just four? Yeah, just four. Yeah, so that's the original team. It's just four. And it's the white Aqualad, right? Yeah. Okay, Garth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that as soon as I can. Um, so, I don't want you to do this, but season one is available on Amazon Prime. You just have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't but, buy it when you can get it. I mean, we already have the subscription. Just grab the laptop. Yeah. Right. Also, uh, um, buy Young Justice. Also, because uh, you were saying Impulse should be there. Ravager. Well, there he could be there well 
but he should be there. Neither one of them should be there. What I'm saying is, season two, it's like they're recruiting Ravager, and so she should be way further down the line, right? Yeah. Like, Ravager wasn't even created till like, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah, there should be no Ravager, but... Deathstroke is popular right now, so uh, let's throw his kids in there, whatever, I guess. Bullshit. I mean, the funny thing is, it would make more sense to have Jericho there, which is Deathstroke's son, you may know. Yes. Like, who was actually an 18 Titan before Ravager was created. He's mentioned. Okay. They might have okay. had him in the previous iteration. Yeah, he, he's mentioned, but it's briefly. Okay. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear Joe's review of Titans. He's still alive. I'm sorry, say that again. They mentioned if he's still alive, or, or they just mentioned his name in passing. We're gonna put that in the spoiler column. <laughs> okay. We don't want to enhance your experience. Hey, I just realized I'm doing the exact pose that Superboy is doing in that picture you put in chat. You put in your hand. No, I would say that's actually a great looking Superboy. Right. No, yeah, he's great. He is. I was a little, uh, you know, in the stuff we saw before the show, I was a little critical about it. But even how he gets the shirt is like. You know, interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, that episode is that episode period is just a good ass episode. Like I wish it didn't have anything to do with Titan. Look, I hope <laughs> I hope when they reboot Superman, they get this guy. Yeah, like he's he's got the look. He yeah, he plays that like the little because you know, well in the show he's like only twelve hours old, so he doesn't know how anything works. All he knows is that Crypto responds to him, and he has these powers, and he has these implanted memories. And, uh, yeah, it's it just works out well for an episode. Right. Like, the picture I posted, he's got his hands up while they're pointing guns at him because he hasn't realized that he's bulletproof yet. Yeah. And it was weird for me, too, like, to see him like that. And I'm like, oh, wait. That's a little nuance that makes this an awesome episode. Okay. And Crypto's... Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be able to comment more by next week. And Crypto's just cute. I had, uh, had to convince my wife of why... Putting a cape on him would be awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> come yeah. on, he's got to, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, no, he's got to. Even if it's like, oh, he got wet and you want to warm him up, you know? Yeah, you got to see it because he 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 just look crypto. That dog they got to play crypto is like the guy they got to play uh, Superboy, where he can be like he could be the unhinged one or he can be the gentle one. You know what I mean? And the dog is the same way, like. They got a good dog actor. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, there's a... There's a scene when the dog actually, like, gets not vicious, but defensive and territorial. And it's like, wow, this dog brought it. You know, they probably have, like, seven dogs to play crypto, but... No, and uh, in the new episode, there's there's a scene where he's, like, he's he's just lying there. And it's, it's kind of, like, the camera is on him for a while. And I'm like, man, how the fuck did they train that dog to just lie there, like, all passive like that? Yeah, it's like wow. Yeah, that dog is a good actor. I did laugh a little because it's I. Sometimes the the special effects on this show get a little goofy, and yeah. I understand there's some stuff that just it's really hard to make look right. But there's a, like crypto flying. It was was a little. I was like, <laughs> okay. I mean, he's flying at at super speed. It's just. It, for, well, yeah, it, it's only a few seconds, but it like it, it was it. Well, for me, I I was like, okay, well that that was a little funny. But whatever. 
It's a few seconds. I don't care. It's a flying dog. How how fucking how much am I worried about physics? Yeah, because dogs don't. I mean, well, dogs you don't, don't swim dogs, like it's like physics weird. Dogs also don't shoot. And how does Crypto figure out he can shoot laser beams out of his eyes and Superboy yeah. hasn't? While wagging his tail, nonetheless. Wait, can Superboy shoot? Can Connor can't shoot eye beam? Because he's got that tactile telekinesis. But. But it's also like this is the Superboy after like lawsuits have been settled, so the power sets like are different. Well, that's the thing because the uh, the Super Connor Kent Superboy. Well, actually, no, even from even the original Superboy from after the death of Superman is uh is that hybrid clone of Superman Luther DNA. Yeah. So that's why his power sets always a little bit different. Yeah. And not as affected by Kryptonite, right? Right. Like and, it hurts him, but not as as much as it does Superman because he's not fully Kryptonian. Right, he gets like more peak human strength. But yeah, and it's also like the flight thing too. Because remember in Young Justice, he was just jumping. I think in right. that I think in that Superboy episode, he just jumped. Right, like I don't think he actually flew. Yeah, uh, we don't know yet technically. <laughs> like to me, he kind of flew, but it could have been jump. I would say he almost left the tall building in a single bound. Yeah, it could, it could have been either or. Especially because, like you said, he was a day old at that point, so he probably doesn't even know how to fly yet. Yeah. Again, that's all legal stuff. Like, it's not even story stuff at this point. Yeah, I'm just glad this show's getting better. I'm still waiting for the fucking Nightwing suit. I know it's coming. I've seen the pictures of him wearing it. Yeah. I just want to see it in motion. Plus, if you look up the Nightwing suit for Titans, it's it's pictures of his ass, too. <laughs> so, so, so somebody want- knows what they're doing. No. You put it in chat. Okay. Are you going to make me go through my folder, huh? <laughs> hey, it's pre-production, man. You should have done it. Well, I... <laughs> you have me looking up Nightwing's ass. I'm, I'll never get to the show. <laughs> you do just put it in the Fantastic Forum file. Like, that's it. The Fantastic Forum file? No, no, no. Like, in your... Yeah, you don't have a separate file for pre-production. No, I have a spank bank. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. I don't have a separate file for pre-production either. I should. No, I have like. For the for the actual shows that I edit and stuff, but okay. So your homework now is to create a file to have for what you're going to talk about this week, and next week, and label each subfile or subfolder for the date of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, I found the picture, so I'll put that in chat. Yeah. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm gonna go over to the other app that's gonna have DC shows, HBO. They had that. Oh, yeah, that is his ass. He's, yeah. You don't got a good ass. That's Starfire, though. Well, yeah, she's got an ass, but she's not orange. And, yeah, and not her, her hair is yeah. losing its color. Like, the, the fucking yeah. roots are coming in and, and they're natural. Whatever. Yeah, I'm good. She's good. She's the best Starfire ever. I don't like it. Yeah, it's because you're gay. <laughs> oh, there's a picture from the front and Ravagers in the background. I'll post that. These are all uh, fucking blurry, though. Yeah, because there was somebody just, like, walking by, snapping cell phone pics. Does Ravager have two eyes or one? One. In fact, she, like, gets the eye patch, like, right away. Because she's got, like, How gauze. She's got, like, gauze over her eyes. And, like, Grayson's like, dude, just put a patch over that. How, how'd she lose her eye? They haven't said. And it's a little weird because she does regenerate. So, it, like, you would assume the eye would regenerate, too. But, yeah, they haven't, they haven't said how she lost it. They probably use the carbonadium blade. Well, in the book, like, Slade Wilson, like, put an implant in there, right? Or something like that? An implant? Yeah, didn't Slade Wilson put something in that socket? Like, he took out her eye and replaced it with something else? No, she took out her eye because she was crazy. She was having a mental breakdown. She was trying to suck up to her father, and she gouged her own eye out. 
to be more like him. Okay. Well, when we meet her in season two, she's got gauze over her eyes. So it, it must have been recent at that point. And yeah, the, the eye's gone. But like I said, she regenerates. When my wife asked me, who's that? I said, oh, just, uh, I just offhandedly mentioned, think of Deadpool's daughter. And then the next, like a minute later, she's actually healing like Deadpool. I'm like, well, there you go. So then the next question is, well, why, why didn't her eye regenerate? And look, I, I can't answer all your questions. It's a fucking show. I'll give you the books, but it's a fucking show. Like, why does she, re- is she supposed to regenerate? I don't recall her having that power. She does. I've, I've read books where she does. I don't know if, like when that started, if that's a new thing or I think by the point where Grayson was going as renegade and like teaching her to not be evil she was regenerating i don't know how i don't remember how powerful it was but i know she regenerated i think slade okay. i think slade has limited regeneration too like i wouldn't give it i wouldn't say it's like wolverine level but there's some there okay yeah i don't know these are all questions that this show needs to answer there now moving on to Watchmen. i still haven't done my comic book review huh no all right well let's, let's- Go real quick through Watchmen. It premiered on HBO this last Sunday. Larry, I assume, liked it, but I don't know. Now, you guys have read, like, the before Watchmen and whatever Watchmen stuff has come up after. Right. I only read What's-Her-Name series. Amanda Connor? Um, no, the, the, the character s- girl. Silk- the Silk Chick. I can't think of her name. Silk Spectre. Yeah, I read that book. Like, that was the only before Watchmen book I read. Okay, because... I only ever read the original. Yeah. And that was years that was years ago. So my that's question the, that's the only one that matters. My question is, how do we get from that book to what the fuck is going on in this show? So the way that this show works is I thought it was the future of Walking Watchmen from the movie, moving forward from the movie. But then you have a squid rain. Right, which I assume is the callback to the book. To the book, yeah. So uh, there, this show. I mean, I guess the 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 main one word, one sentence review uh, for this show would be like, we don't know how it connects fully yet, other than having the same well, like the un character. <laughs> the the so, show is like about like racial inequality, essentially. Yeah, you know, like it's, how do you get how do you get from Rorschach in the book or the movie, either yeah. one, to People are using Rorschach as a, the new KKK hood. I don't see how white supremacists would see Rorschach and be like, that's who we need to like embody. You know what I mean? Other than the black and white. like It's just black and white separate. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it's the first episode is it left a lot to be answered, not desired, because as a show itself is actually an entertaining show. And it made me ask a bunch of questions. Now, my biggest fear is that it's a Damon Lindelof show and Damon Lindelof just likes to not answer questions. You know, like he did Lost, didn't answer no questions. Leftovers literally said, oh, we're not going to tell you what happened to these people that disappeared because it's not about them. It's about the leftovers. See, so <laughs> and so I, I don't expect him to answer any of the questions. He's just going to move on along. Here's my problem. This show feels like joker to me like it was supposed <laughs> to be it, it it's a good show actually i enjoyed the show yeah. but somebody threw a watchman label on it and yeah. and that that scene with the where, where the squid just randomly fall from the sky felt like they added that to, to do the callback 
Like they have to yeah. add things to it to make it to make you to remind you of Watchmen to kind of connect it because all the other stuff doesn't make any sense. And I, I was hoping that maybe there was a book that I didn't read or a series or, or something that would have no. that would have tied it to this show. But you're saying that that doesn't exist. It doesn't. Like if anything, if they try to make it, well, first of all, I my hope was that they tried to make it into a Doomsday Clock tie-in and. Doomsday Clock it removed itself from Watchmen altogether, right? Is that what happened? I think look, I haven't read those books. I'm waiting for the last one to come out in December. They're already selling the trade. Yeah, I got. I have. It's a, it's twelve issues. I have eleven of them, and I'm probably gonna start reading them mid November, hoping that early December twelve comes out. Yeah. So that was my hope, but that's not gonna happen. As far as connecting, like, look, even DC Comics ain't connecting to before Watchmen. From what I understand of Doomsday Clock, and from what I understand is Alan Moore doesn't like this show either. <laughs> yeah, does well. Alan Moore doesn't like any anything. Like there's a there's a quote from the showrunner that makes a lot of sense. They, from uh, Lind, Lindenoff, he said. Yeah. He said there is no version of Watchmen I could make that would please him. Not only that, but there's no version of Watchmen I could make that he would ever watch because. For people that don't know, Alan Moore signed a deal with, with DC where when his book went out of production, the rights would revert to him. But it's never been out of production. Like yeah. they, they, they keep reprinting it. So yeah. like the, they, DC was never going to give this back to him. And now yeah. he just refuses to have anything to do with DC. He, he, won't, he won't watch anything that... like. He doesn't even want his name. His name does not show up on the on this episode. It says co-created by Dave Gibbons, and that's it. No, like, Dave Gibbons and, and uh, you know, Dave Gibbons just keep getting that money. I don't know, like, I mean, I want to know what the conversation is between Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore. Like, you think they still talk? I, I, I would hope they do, because, I don't know, like, I have a romantic view of art and collaboration. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even with you motherfuckers, like, we talk shit together. All we do is just talk shit into a mic, but we do it so well together that if, like, we split up and did our own thing with somebody else, it would be different even though it has one quarter of what this is. But this one quarter that we each put into this is one whole thing that is just special to the four of us, you know? And that's how I feel about, you know, comic books. Like, you know, you get the right artist to write your what to draw what you wrote and i feel like especially in that era of alan moore's um career that time in alan moore's career like i felt that with the artists that he chose to work with it was a special thing like if you would have gotten somebody else if they would have just gave some artists to him you know again larry's not here to defend his beloved marvel that hates democracy in hong kong um but that's what I feel with these books now, these major comic books right now, where the, the, the writing and the art like don't feel like they, they communicate to each other. And it's kind of unhinged, like it's a disconnect. But with books like, you know, your Killing Joke, your Watchmen, your Year One, your Dark Knight Returns, that era of comics, like I felt even like, you know, Image Comics when they came out and Cliffhanger and your Darknesses. Like I, I feel like in the last 15 years or so, comics has ha have had a little bit of disconnect between artists and writers. You know, major comics, the 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 more independent ones tend to have a little bit of more of a connect. But even still, like I, I think people just find, you know, 
artists on the internet and just have them do it. And and I would hope that Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore still kind of talk, but I can see Alan Moore not wanting to talk to Dave Gibbons. No, because Dave Gibbons is a consultant on the show. Yeah. So I get like, I don't know if Alan Moore hates DC that much, you know, Gibbons working with them. I mean, I picture Alan Moore going, you know what? Go cash your checks. You got a mortgage or whatever, but I don't want any part of that. Don't fucking talk to me about that shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, and, and like I said, it it's a good show. I just don't see the connection. I don't know why you need to call it Watchmen. Yeah. It, it, and it's, you know, it's modern day in a particular part of the country. I don't know how that little town is going to connect to the, the world that was created through Watchmen. You know, like you, when you read Watchmen, it's it's you know, it's not on a global scale, but you see the effects of the world, the effects of those events on the world. You know, like it, it's that is an underlying theme. And here I didn't get a sense of that at all from this first episode. Yeah, it, it's just weird that these white supremacists would latch on to Rorschach like that. Well, it was weird. I know Larry said this and, you know. I keep mentioning his name be only because I wish he was still here with us. Uh, is that he um he 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 said earlier on when we first saw the trailer, like I don't think people that would be influenced by Rorschach would want to be in a group setting. Yeah, like when I saw the trailer, I thought to me, like I thought, okay, the the government is it, I, I thought this show was gonna be the government is being oppressive and this Rorschach group was like the they were asking the questions that that people needed to ask, and they were like disrupting the system, and that's not what we got at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, we got we got alt right people being the ultimate like anarchist <coughs> person. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird. It, that that was weird to me. I what I did like about the show is that you know it's easy Halloween costumes <laughs> like. If you have, you're in the in the bind and you gotta do a, go to a Halloween party, like oh okay, yellow turtleneck all the way up to my nose, I'm a cop. <laughs> the mirror mask though that the one like interrogator guy has is awesome. I love that fucking thing. And I, if that's a special effect and not a practical thing, because I can see it being a special effect, it's an awesome special effect. Yeah, and that looks cool when he's in there in. Uh, interrogating somebody because they're in that room with all the images and the way the images reflected off his mask he looked like fucking Rorschach oh yeah 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 it, it's it's a it's a weird uh I don't know Larry's not here to tell me what it means but it's a weird dichotomy or juxtaposition of like using that type of tactic on that guy that would wear that type of mask you know yeah but then you like right next to him was a dude in like a dirty ass panda head <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, it, it's weird, Joe, um, in this Watchmen thing, they hate cops, so you can't, like, if you're a cop, you're, like, secret, like, you, nobody can know you're a cop, so they all wear masks, and the weird, like, panda mask that Oz referred to is, like, the clerical guy that oversees that they're doing everything according to, like, the right code, you know, so they can't pull out a gun on somebody they have to call that panda guy and explain to him the situation so that he knows that it's up to code. And then he can, like, unlock the gun from the holster in the car, not the one on on his side. That's really weird. Yeah. And the weird, the fact that he's just a dirty-ass panda thing is... is, right. is it, it, and it's, it's not like a like just a, a, a panda mask. It's like a, a, a football mascot 
Panda Man. Yeah. Like it's giant. That, that he cut that it's dirty, like it's seen a ton of games. They probably had it since the sixties. And then he cut out the lower jaw so that you can see his mouth while he speaks. Like that's what it looks like. It's not like the cool dude in Afro Samurai. I don't oh, I like that guy. Yeah, like that That when they said not Panda, and then when they mentioned Panda, but they hadn't really showed him yet in that room, like I thought that like that dude in that mask where you just hear his voice and don't see his mouth move, but then it was just a dingy-ass mask that looked like it had been jizzed on like three times. Yeah, like that bear that's a stripper, but he still Look, wears that bear clean. head. Yeah, that's cleaner. The dancing bear, That that's a cleaner. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like the dancing bear, but like 10 years later. And they've yeah. never watched it. Yeah. The main character chick, this she has no powers, right? She's just she's just a badass. Uh, that I don't know. I think she might have a little bit of like durability powers and stuff, but because she's doing some stuff there that it's not human ish, you know? Okay. And like she's unstoppable. So I don't know if it's like an adrenaline thing, but yeah, she's she's badass. And her costume's tight too. Okay. And uh, what's his face? Ozymandian. Would would Ozymandias? Ozymandias. Yeah. Dias. Ozymandias. Does he? Do we know if he ages normally or slowly? He's just like I, really smart, right? But he ages normal. He's other than that, he's regular ass human. Yeah. Well, he does, yeah. He does have like peak human power, like strength and stuff and durability. Like he's like the world's best athlete i guess and but, super smart yeah which means his metabolism is probably a little faster too so because he, he's in it but he's a little better he's in it but he's old yeah, so yeah he's old as fuck I'm because trying... this is like 30 years after the events of watchmen okay so does it does it actually say somewhere that it's 30 years because i don't on the show i didn't see well it, it's modern day and watchmen is like 86 so it's 96 2006 it's like 34 years or something. Okay. But what, that's weird because it would also made that one dude in the wheelchair like a hundred and something years old, you know? Well, he, yeah, he does say he's a hundred. Like he says he's 105 at one point. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, that adds up right then. Yeah. Cause they're like, oh, you're a 90 year old man. He's like, oh, I'm actually 105. Yeah. Okay. See, and I thought he was going to be something more important too. Like they, they make a big deal of like the whole opening sequence was him as a kid. I thought he was going to have superpowers or some shit. That kid was a good-ass actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did, like, the whole opening sequence was was great. Yeah. The, the, the show is good. I just don't see the connection to Watchmen. That's my only issue with it. Call it something else, and it's a great show. Call it Watchmen, and I'm too busy trying to make connections and figure out what the fuck, how... How does this connect to what I know of this of this world? Like not just not just what's happened, like the world in general after Watchmen, because this takes place after those events, and what happens in that book doesn't line up with what's going on in this show at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like I hopefully they'll let us know the further we go into this show, but based on this first episode, it left it left a lot to be desired and explain my friend lloyd loved it but he loves everything that's not you know he loves shitting on comic books like he loves preacher i'm sure he loves lucifer preacher ended that's done yeah, yeah good um i was actually thinking of watching it now that it's done but i'm probably not gonna yeah that's probably a good idea i don't think you'd like it yeah i liked it without watching it like I, i'm barely right now just trying to get into like respecting seth rogan again what but, do you do well the boys like i like that Okay. But I purposely didn't read the comic, so okay. there's that. So, yeah, this Watchmen show, like, how many lettuces through a windshield would you give it? I'd probably go with four. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a good show. I 
I enjoyed watching it. I'll keep watching it. I'd give it five if I could understand how it connects. Like when they, if they explain to me how it connects to Watchmen, then maybe I'll give it that fifth one. But for now, I I can't go past four because I'm too busy thinking, trying to figure out what's going on. Like I'm trying, I'm too busy trying to make the connections to enjoy the show fully. Now, when you wanted to connect to Watchmen, you wanted to connect to the comic or the movie or either or. The the squid falling from the sky made me think uh, the comic, so yeah. that would that would be the best option if they connected it to a movie, which is what I thought was happening going into it. Then that would have been fine too. So really, either or. Okay. I uh, I would give it uh, four two. It's a well done show. The music's good. The way the show ended like made me want to keep watching too, whether it was Watchmen or not. I got I gave a fuck about these characters so yeah four out of five again like you know i want questions answered but i understand them not being answered in the first episode but because it's damon lindelof i'm afraid that they're never gonna be answered you know what i mean yeah they won't all right let me do this quick comic book review play that spooky halloween comic book review music if you have it and then we'll 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 move on because we gotta we're we're almost out of time here okay Scary comic book review. Scary comic book like review. <laughs> well, not, not like that, but like. I love that theme. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I tend to hang around Kickstarter because, you know, I want to help people create things that I, I like. And there's a band called Ghoul, and it's a bunch of dudes in these like burlap masks that like one of them is called like fermentor the other digester cremator they're like these cannibal dudes that come from this town called creepsville and there's a whole narrative with their music that creates a whole story kind of like that band gore or even ghost you know and, and i love that aspect of performances like where yeah you got this cool metal music but then you have all these other stories this narrative that goes from album to album and live shows as part of the performance. And uh, on Kickstarter, they got the dude from Exhumed to draw and write a comic. This dude named uh, uh, was Doc Sewage. So he put the, the comic book together and he did a Kickstarter for whoever wanted it. I only gave $6 because I really don't want a bunch of stuff in my house. Like, with, <sighs> I didn't even get to... So I did a Kickstarter before for Lady Death, and I got when I got my rewards, I ended up getting this crate shipped to the barbershop. It had condoms, guitar picks, pencils, chopsticks, magnets, stickers, three comic books, three alternate covers, art print, and, and, and it's cool stuff. I just have nowhere to put it. So this time around for Ghoul, I gave three, uh, I gave six dollars. The comic book finally came out. And I, I'm saying finally because you know it ended. The, the Kickstarter ended, it's like 30 days or whatever. And I got my rewards and it was like two buttons and two stickers. I'm happy with that. And then I read the comic in the comic book. They gave me the digital version because it's like, well, you know, I don't trust my mailman to take care of it either. <laughs> so it's like if I get a cool comic book and then just these stickers, like he's going to bend it. So I, uh, I ended up not getting a physical version of the comic book. But after reading it, I wish I did. <laughs> Because the, the cover is just cool, period. Um, it just has this uh, copy link here. I actually did an unboxing video for my rewards on our Instagram. So if if you follow us there, you'll, you'll see it. If not, I'm putting it in chat. And you can check it out on mute. Um, but basically, um, 
Yeah, I, I I read this comic book and it's it's set up like a horror anthology, like a Tales from the Crypt. It has their character uh, Baron Sendai or whatever, this like voodoo priest that that tells you these stories, and the stories are based on some of their songs. So the the book is called A Time to Kill, um, and the cover is like a parody cover of the Who album news to the world born to kill is is the name of the the anthology the cover price is five bucks so i guess six bucks got a cool extras and the digital book and it has let's see one it has three stories a prologue and an epilogue um the dude is named baron samedi is the that one character that is their their crypt keeper guy and you know the first story is called mechanized death and it's about this dude named um doctor something or other but basically he's a guy that wants to kill the band ghoul like he hates those guys so he creates this robot out of this guy's brain and the rope the guy is trying to like get control the brain is separate from the robot body programming so he's trying to like he goes out to kill him but it's the robot programming so the brain fights the robot to come to actually get some sentience and control over that robot body and then it backfires on that doc and uh that's the first story the second story is like a jack the ripper thing in they're all set in this creepsville uh town creepsylvania and it's this guy killing hookers and then you know he ends up being a hooker's like victim and the way that he that she makes his victim is kind of cool he gets just what he deserves plays out good the other one is this weird southern gothic story where the mayor of the town impregnates his mistress and so he goes on to this the shack in the swamp to get a potion so that she'll have a miscarriage and you know of course it backfires as tales from the crypt type stories eerie creepy you know i'm not going to list them all like i do every time but those tend to backfire for the guy trying to put the curse so you see it happening and then at the end, the epilogue is just a bunch of comic strips like Garfield with the dudes from Ghoul. And yeah, and it even has an ad. Like, remember those old ads for the like the weight set? Like the, the guy gets bullied on the beach. So it yeah. Has, yeah, it has an ad for that. But it's like he turns into one of these ghoul band guys and then just gets a hatchet and just chops that dude down into pieces. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then he gets the girl at the end. So it was a well put together book. I was actually, you know, with Kickstarter, they tell you, they give you updates on the project, you know, and some people are better than others. And this, this sewage guy, like he gave me more information than I needed. Like he showed me the printing process, the drawing, pro- like it's one of those things like where they, he drew it all, wrote it all. And so he had everything ready. As soon as it got funded, he sent it into print. But he was in charge of his own printing, too. Like, he could have put it out himself. But, you know, the funding helped so that he doesn't lose on it, you know? Maybe cover the machines or whatever. But I saw him working on it step by step almost. And that itself was a gratifying experience for my six fucking dollars. <laughs> I, I got mad, at, you know, after all, like, man, I should have gotten, I should have gave him more. Because I just saw the work he put in on it. And even the cover, like recreating that, um, that that the Who cover with Ghoul, like it, it's not a Photoshop. Like it's a paint, a full on painting of the character in <laughs> in the first story with the Ghoul guys. Like it's it's not just like a Photoshop thing. So it was a good amount of work on it. It's one of the most um, gratifying Kickstarters I've done, just in that sense. So I, I would I would be excited to do it again. The art itself is a little funky, but you know you tend to get these with these independent comics. 
But the fact that he this dude may or may not be the lead guy in Ghoul, but I know he's the, the lead guy in Exhumed. So just the talent that he shows in Exhumed and what he may or may not show in Ghoul and then do this type of thing for Ghoul fans, essentially, because it's only Ghoul fans that are really going to buy this. Like, nobody's going to see it. Oh, I wonder what this metal band's comic is going to be like. You know what I mean? Like, he put in a lot of work and it looks like he did it by himself. So it's... If he does another one, I'll give him more money this time. There was a shirt. The shirt actually, Oz, you just put the shirt in. The, yeah, I was going to ask you if you got that one. No, no. All I, all I got was um, I got two stickers and two pins and a digital comic. That's it. Because right, I, I didn't want... Are those the uh, the stickers and pins on the image that I posted? Mm, let's see here. They're no. like right next to the shirt. Yeah, no, they're different. They're, um, they're on our Instagram TV channel. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember I saw that. Yeah, those are the ones I got. Um, and then I put a screenshot of the comic because it was digital. But I, I really wish I would have gotten the physical one I, after reading it and everything. <laughs> I wish. I, I don't know if you can get the physical one after the fact, but if they do a reprint, I'm, I'm probably going to buy it. Yeah, that's a cool shirt, though. Yeah. All their shirts are cool. They they do have a well because even the band itself is, has an aesthetic. Like even like the characters in the comic come out and do. It's almost like a weird dinner theater thing where they'll do like the play the music, and then play out the stories with these characters, and they'll chop like a dude's head off and then splatter you with with fucking fake blood. You know, they're one of those type of bands. Um, I know Toxic Holocaust does that. Gore did that, and then. Ghoul does that. In fact, they would they actually toured with Gore several times because it's similar. I'm sorry, not I said Toxic Holocaust. I meant Municipal Waste. Uh, they're the ones that do that. That I guess that splatter thrash. <laughs> I know Ghoul calls it splatter thrash, but I don't know if the genre itself because it's it's a weird theater experience where you get like you know like Gallagher, like you might get wet, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And that guy got a print in that reward set. Yeah. I should have given more money. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a cool shirt because it's like that. Uh, that uh, was it, Michelangelo that did that, or uh, no, da, da Vinci, Vinci that yeah. Da Vinci man, Vesuvius. Vesuvius man. That that's it. But it's the robot that you were talking about. Yeah, the one on the cover. Yeah, um, I actually the and I mean you're you're a ghoul fan. I'm not like I I want that shirt without the ghoul on top of it. Like just just that just, uh, uh, Vesuvius robot. I guess. Yeah. I'm sure you could get that already, though. Like, yeah, you could get a Transformers one or something. Heck, get on that. Actually, like, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I try to be as honest as I can on this show. I'm not that big a ghoul fan. Like, I, I like their music, some of it. You know, some albums are better than others. But I do respect and like that whole narrative, that story that they tell across uh, multiple albums. You know, like, I love that that aspect of performance art. You know, and that's why I felt like supporting them, even though I'm not like a, what they call a ghoul lunatic. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because I've met ghoul lunatics, and it's like, yeah, I'm not really like that. Yeah, ghoul lunatics, not like ghoulatics or something. Yeah, no, it's ghoul lunatics. Okay, that's and that dumb. that actually speaks to their humor, you know, because it, you know it'd be easier. Like, I ghoulaholic sounds better than anything. Like, easier to say and everything. Oh yeah, that sounds way better. Yeah, yeah but if you say ghoul lunatic, like it's it's harder to say and you know if you're gonna be a fan you're gonna say ghoul lunatic because it's worth the effort yeah and that's part of their humor you know okay so heck vesuvius man but optimus prime shirt i'll buy that you'll get your 
what 30 cents or whatever <laughs> yeah uh heavy metal minute or news uh do heavy metal minute and then news how long is this heavy metal minute i gotta pee it's like six minutes oh that's perfect i can take a dump look you must be having fiber so it's another week oh. in heavy metal drama we got uh this week we have trip eisen the original guitarist for static x he is mad about this current reunion um apparently they found a bunch of unreleased material for static x after when static died back you know about six years ago and now they they decided to make a new album and it's gonna have static's voice but now they're touring when static's dead mind you so they don't have uh, a singer they last week i alluded to edsel dope being the singer which he has since responded edsel dope uh he basically says that it's easy to put a neck tattoo in Photoshop on anybody. So it, basically the new singer has, um, whatchamacallit, has a, like a zombie mask of Wayne Static. So he's being Wayne Static's corpse singing. Trip Eisen feels that they're violating the memory of, of Wayne Static, and that's why he's mad. He's also mad because this new material that they're doing, they remastered and remixed and everything, and it's stuff that Wayne Static and Trip Eisen wrote. So now they're going moving forward with that album, and Trip Eisen isn't involved, and he, he basically chose to not be involved because he is he feels that it's disrespectful to, to Wayne Static, and that's why he's mad. So do with that what you will it's up to you i think there's going to be a lawsuit or there is a lawsuit or there was a lawsuit but they're still moving forward static x is now currently touring with this uh part of these tribute shows and with this masked dude with a wayne static mask in other news chris adler of lamb of god fame uh, we talked about his car accident or motorcycle accident in thailand a couple weeks back we talked about him playing in a tribute band in russia and we talked about him being in the studio with the new lamb of god album but since then they parted ways and i talked about that earlier in the year and now he finally commented on it today this morning he said basically that he loves the guys in lamb of god he wishes them the best but he's tired of writing and playing the same thousand the same songs ten thousand times over and over and he's tired of painting by numbers so from the sound of it is that he was trying to do something different in the studio on the record and they had creative differences and that's what they left it's still cryptic both on lamb of god's side and on chris adler's side but it seems like it's it's it seems like it's amicable enough but we'll see i mean he says that he's excited about mowing grass which means like it's almost like he's retiring but then he also said that he has a gift that he wants to continue sharing. So, but then he goes back and alludes to say hi to him when you see him mowing grass again. So, who knows what the fuck's going on? Um, there's probably some legal things in the works, you know, royalties and whatnot, or who knows what the fuck. It, it, his long-winded blog post is just as cryptic as Lamb of God's like two-sentence statement earlier in the year so who knows what's going on with chris adler and lamb of god all we know is they're not together anymore a year since ollie herbert passed away uh i may have talked about this in the past since we've been doing the heavy metal minute but 
I may have not. So for those of you who don't know, they found him drowned in a lake behind his house with sleeping pills in the system and none of his depression medicine in the system. And it's very, uh, it's very sketchy. It's not a clear suicide. It's not a clear accident. And they still don't know. It's been a year. They still don't know. Some of the band members kind of allude to mistrusting his wife, period. They, Phil Labonte, um, uh, I'm sorry, lovable gun nut Phil Labonte is, uh, has alluded to her being a garbage person and she was not allowed to visit the band on tour. They couldn't keep her out of the local shows, but they kept her off tour and they decided that as a band including ollie herbert you know because he just didn't get along with her they didn't like her they tried to talk ollie herbert into a divorce and uh he just wouldn't do it and they don't know why he wouldn't do it like phil labonte said sorry lovable gun nut phil labonte said um if you need a place to stay i got a lot of space in my house so he was doing everything to break him up and uh now there's this tragedy that still goes unsolved and a lot of people whether it's fans uh band uh, band members and people close to ollie herbert have kind of pointed fingers at the wife but we don't know (laughs) we never know maybe they'll make a, a id uh discovery investigation discovery documentary on it and finally i'd like to take this time to wish uh, Mrs. Fafara, Des Fafara's wife, Des from Coal Chamber fame and Devil Driver fame. Uh, she is the head of Oracle Management, mother of three, uh, all around good people, both Des and Anastasia Fafara. As uh, as the time of this, at the time of this recording, she is under the knife with major surgery after being f- some form of cancer found on her. I don't know exactly the the details of her ailment right now but i do know that she's under the knife and i just want to wish her well i want everything to come out all right and i'm sending good vibes and you do too as always fuck cancer i'm moses magnum this has been a heavy metal minute that was like all like slow jams or yeah kind of i mean i experimented with a little bit changing up the music to fit the the new story but it's weird the mix was off going over skype i guess so i got a mix for that next Okay, like you changed it up a couple of times too. Like it started off like slow. I was like, "What the hell?" Like I didn't even know what I was listening to. Yeah. And then you started talking. I'm like, "Okay, I hit the right file." So I okay. Yeah. It kind of helps if you listen to it beforehand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Oh, news, right? Yeah. <laughs> Comic book news. We should have a like uh, Comic book like current. Kind of- <laughs> Well, not, not like that, but like, so yeah, there's a lot of people that have been talking shit about comic book movies and whatnot, and the Bloodshot trailer kind of proves them right. John Favreau commented on, uh, you know, Scorsese's and, and, and Ford Coppola's comments. Other film directors from around the world have chimed in as well, and they kind of agree, like, they don't like comic book movies, they don't like superhero movies, and you know, I, the people that don't agree with, you know, Scorsese and, and the likes, they've been a little less passionate than than they have, than, you know, the original 
perpetrators of these crimes have because you know everybody gets so mad. the fandom gets so mad at scorsese and uh yeah it, it's just it, it's it made me think about this this whole thing like you know we, we had this discussion last week with larry where it's like yeah these movies aren't cinema they're they're attractions and and you know i, I still stand by my comment but it's it's a bit of a reflection and microcosm of the world that we live in now where, you know, all movies used to be like that in the studio system, the old studio system, till like Star Wars came around. And these guys that graduated USC, your Ford Coppola's, your Scorsese's, your Lucas's, your De Palma's, you know what I mean? Your Kubrick's and these people kind of, I mean, Star Wars is to blame for that, if anything, because back then it wasn't a studio type picture and then it, it, lucas got the rights to, to the merchandising and he promoted the fuck out of the movie for the studio made this whole blockbuster thing and that's what we're working with now <laughs> you know so your own classmates your those baby boomer guys that you know on the grand scheme of things are ruining the world now are also the ones that are to blame for the way that movies are made now too i get the impression that these guys are not trashing comic book movies but really trashing big summer blockbuster action movies which is what these comic book movies are at this point what yeah what they're they're mad about is that they've essentially destroyed the market for their films right because the these guys are they tell a story right action movies don't need a lot of story you just need a lot of shit blowing up and you know colors and all that shit now bob Iger responded saying like you can't call um black panther that but in a way you kind of can like it's a little different than the others but i i complained about this with when dr strange came out like it's a similar thing i don't know if that's what what these guys mean but if it is then i did it first (laughs) because to me dr strange was just iron man like they made him a lovable douchebag so that you could root for him as he goes where really like he shouldn't be that lovable like he was a narcissist and so was tony stark but they made him funny where he didn't need to be funny so that you can at least like him and want to see him succeed you know what i mean right and and these guys are getting a lot of shit because they're talking about marvel movies and you know if you say if you don't like something these days, if you don't like something that somebody else does like, then they, then you're to them you're garbage. Like that's just yeah. that's just society we live in now. But I think I don't think they're really trashing Marvel. Like I said, I think they're trashing just the big action movie that doesn't need a lot of story. And we've said for years that these movies don't don't exactly take stories from like from from the source material. They don't actually take stories that right. we've read they'll they'll name them they'll, they'll give them the name they'll, they'll slap a label on it but they're changed so much that any reference to the original story that they're telling us they're that you know that that we were told we were going to get is more of an easter egg at that point than the actual book yeah you know like they, they called logan old man logan when they promoted it but there's very little of the old man logan book like it's an old, old Logan is old and is driving across the country, and that's about it for what you get from between the movie and the book. Yeah, it's and you know, quite frankly, a lot of these are are paint by numbers type movies too. Like every every hero has some connection connection to the villain. You know what I mean? In every movie, like you had the Tony Stark, it was his his boss, his his coworker in 
first Iron Man. Second Iron Man, it's oh, it, it's the guy that that got fired or whatever, you know. Third Iron Man, oh, it's the guy he brushed off at the thing, like uh, Black Panther. It's his fucking relative, you know. Yeah, his like long that. lost cousin, who's also coming back to repay Black Panther for what his dad did. Like somebody pointed out that a lot of these Marvel movies. The current hero is dealing with shit that problems that his dad created. Like his yeah. dad, he's dealing with his dad's enemies essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's only gonna get more like that. They're just gonna muddle it up more, you know. But we'll see. I mean, uh, there's other people that commented, like James Gunn commented on it, and he said basically, uh, let me see if I still have that file in my pre-production file. No, 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 no. Oh, here it is. So, uh, James Gunn said that back in the day, they said that get that mob movies were were no good, and westerns were no good, and sci-fi were no good. You know, like it's the same thing that they're saying now. But I guess the most diplomatic comment, or the one that made more real sense, just from a, a movie goer standpoint, is the one from uh, Jamie Jass, the 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 singer for Hatebreed. He said that movies that make people happy and take them away from the daily grind of a few for a few hours are hardly despicable. You know, one of the words thrown around was that they were despicable. They also give a lot of people a lot of jobs and purpose. Rape, torture, murder, human trafficking, etc. is what I would consider despicable, no? Anyways, The High Road has a nicer view, so kudos for taking it. This is, I realize that this is not new. I mean, this is, since film wasn't, was created, this has been going on. We use the term spaghetti, spaghetti western to talk about like to to talk about this genre of movies that that people enjoyed, but we forget that the term was created to talk shit about these movies that were just being pumped out because it's what what would get what would sell tickets. You know, it's the same argument. They they those yeah. those were the summer blockbusters of their day, and yeah. this was back in the what like the thirties. Yeah. And that's the thing, the people that created that type of movie or that type of movie going audience, more importantly, because really it is to me, it's a commentary on the audience. I've always said, fuck the audience, you know, like the audience is the market and the medium is the product. So you're going to do your product for your audience. You know what I mean? And uh, the people complaining about it now are the ones that created that. Yeah. See, I used to get upset at movies that i thought were just stupid and I, I was always like why the fuck what why are these even created who thought this was a good idea and then i don't i don't know if you remember after 300 then they did the the parody yeah where they had like the fat guy but he had like the the he still had the fucking abs drawn on him but he yeah. was a fat dude they, I, I forget what that movie i think meet the spartans maybe i think that's what it was kevin sorbo right yeah it, it was something like that and I was at the break room at a job I had at the time. That movie just happened to be playing. And there was a, a couple of a dudes there, old old Asian dudes, and just laughing their ass off at what was happening on the screen. I'm looking at it like, I mean, that guy fell down. I understand you think that's funny, but okay. And that's when I realized, well, that's that's why they make these movies because people are paying money for it. And ultimately, these studios are, are in it for money. Yeah. So they're going to do whatever sells. And, you know, th there's more people here laughing at this shit than me sitting here angry at it. So I can see why. Okay, now I understand. I, I knew this from the beginning, but actually seeing it happen before my eyes was like kind of like it clicked. Like, okay, yeah, I, I knew this, but now it's been confirmed 
this is why this happens. And the way I felt about that movie is the way Scorsese feels about Marvel movies. You know, it's what's making money and they're going to keep pumping it out, even though it's not what he thinks a, a storytelling medium should be. It's not what he strives to create, I guess, is is how the best way I could point it out. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, are you aware of these uh, conflicts with the fandom right now against Martin Scorsese and all these guys? Um, I've been hearing about it. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to take Scorsese seriously. Why is that? Um, it's always weird when someone that makes something says that the person making it now isn't, like, he's referencing, it's like he's referencing himself as an example of how things should be done, which is just so fucking arrogant that I kind of just dismiss it out of turn the reason i ask you is because you're a dude that will enjoy a nice popcorn flick and enjoy a good piece of cinema right um yeah we, we need both honestly like because there are times when you do want the more thoughtful uh more thought-provoking i forgot what they call it but you want a more cerebral experience yeah. or a more dramatic like a slow dramatic experience and there are some times where you just want shit to be fast and you don't want to have time to think you just want to see shit happening like it takes all kinds that's why different genres were invented because different people want to see different things at different times and not all the popcorn movie guys like a lot of the popcorn movie guys are not that exclusively. Some are, but a lot of them do see your dramas, do see your thought-provoking, your high-concept movies also, and vice versa. Uh, what other news you guys got? So there's a Final Fantasy XIV live-action TV series. Is it um, good? Well, they're making it now. Okay. It's being produced by Sony Pictures Television, Square Enix, and Hive Mind, the guys that did The Expanse and that are doing The Witcher. Um, if I had to guess, I would say it's not good. <laughs> um, well, they were talking, uh, IGN was interviewing Dinesh Shandasani, who you may know as the C chief creative officer and CEO of Valiant Entertainment. Uh, he's the, also the founder of Hive Mind. They were talking to him, and at some point, he thought that there shouldn't be chocobos in it, that they would be distracting. And I don't know if you've played Final Fantasy XIV or, any, in fact, any Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chocobos are a mainstay figure. Yeah. In fact, when you go to Final Fantasy XIV specifically, the first cutscene has seven people on chocobos. When you start the game, you're riding on a chocobo-drawn carriage. There are chocobos in every city, in most of the towns. It's insane that you would want to make a Final Fantasy XIV TV show, and that you would want to make it live-action is even more insane, and that you would want to make it without chocobos is just it blows my mind now one a tv show that's live action and no chocobos like is it it's not really final fantasy right like that could just be anything like much, i mean what else would you need to like keep it final fantasy without chocobos you would need sid and for their credit to their credit they say basically the first scene is going to be sid on an airship uh with the flying with the characters that we're going to be following. And uh, if you know Final Fantasy, uh, Sid is another mainstay. Yeah. Every Final Fantasy has a Sid. Most of the time, he's one of the people that 
actually enables the story to go on at certain points, right. normally he, by being the only one with the airship. Right. He that's what I was gonna say. He's always the airship guy. Right. So you do need a Sid, and Sid is very prominent in Final Fantasy fourteen. But it's the fact that you would try to do it without chocobos is like like remember how we all felt when we heard that they tried to do a Transformers movie where none of the Transformers talk? Yeah. Like it's just complete fucking lunacy from people that have no idea what they're doing and should not have the property they have. Like, it just kind of felt like that to me when I heard that. Um, and there's also another thing uh, that he says, which I'm pulling up the quote. Uh, he says, our hope is that we build something cool that goes for a long time. Final Fantasy XIV is, by virtue of its format, able to continue to expand itself add itself in there. Hopefully it can be some cross-pollination cross where they can say, this is a new expansion, and we say, great, we're going to lean into that in the new season, or we're going to lead to this in the new season, and they say, great, we're going to do an expansion that includes those elements, and we can feel more of a piece, which is rare. Now, this statement to me sounds not as absurd as the chocobo thing but it does sound ridiculous like we've already seen someone try this with defiant uh if you don't remember defiant was a show on sci-fi network and it was an mmorpg and they tried to connect them and never connected um aside from some characters randomly and it just didn't work out at all coordinating a tv show and a game a mmorpg it just did not work for them it was disastrous in its ineffectiveness. Yeah, I actually watched the show and played the game. Yeah, me too. And the game was almost fun. Yeah, it was but... good. It was it was cool. And then the show, I felt once the show gave up on the game, the show got better. Right. But I don't think that would be the case with this Final Fantasy show. Well, here's the thing. At the very least, to my knowledge, the game side and the production side for the TV show were both in the same hemisphere. The story elements all of Final Fantasy XIV are all created in Japan. This TV show is not. I don't know how they're going to get any kind of communication between the two of them, especially with, I'm not going to say Japan is stuck up, but they. I don't see them caring that much about this property as long as it doesn't tarnish the reputation of the game as a whole. So I don't see them working particularly close with the, with these guys, and it makes them sound delusional when they're saying, like, whoa, we're going to do stuff, and they'll, like, put elements of it in there. Yeah, it just seems... Um, yeah, it does not seem like... I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work the way they're saying. Now, is it possible they put out a decent show regardless? Um, maybe. I doubt it. Like, nothing I've heard this guy says makes me think that it'll turn out okay. Um, the fact that it's live action, I feel, is going to be a great detriment to the show. Like, there are a lot of different creatures, monsters, races, beast men that are all involved in the world of Final Fantasy XIV, and I don't know that... I don't know how you're going to represent all of it in live action with the budget you probably would have for this show for a netflix original or i don't know they're trying to get netflix as they want to buy it but i'm not sure how much sony is putting money is sony is putting into it but to make everything co to feel like it is in the world of final fantasy 14 there will be a lot of work 
a lot of makeup, a lot of effects, a lot of CGI to the point where you probably should just do the whole thing in CGI. Like it almost seems like it'd be easier to do 15. Right. Or, you know, they said one of the ones they were considering, they said they were considering doing Final Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been perfect. Like you can probably pull off, you could pull off Final Fantasy 7 a lot easier than you can pull off Final Fantasy 14. Like, most of your ha- characters are humanoid. Um, you have maybe two CGI characters, Cassate and uh, Red 13, a Moogle if you need them. Yeah. Um, but you have mostly humans. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's basically like a... Or a lot of the backgrounds are just your basic industrials, not steampunkish, but just your industrial type settings. Yeah, they're kind of... They're like atomic punk. Right. So it's like... That would have been super easy, and I could see it happening, and I wouldn't have to worry about it because I'm pretty much done with Final Fantasy VII offshoots, and because uh, I'm gonna have to watch this thing because I'm in the 14, and I'm not looking forward to it. If it was seven, I could just ignore it, but 13. If they would have made 13, 13. Trying to recall, that was a oh, that was the Lightning Show. Yeah, yeah, that would that could have worked. Like honestly. I think, yeah, 13 would have been good. But, I don't know, 14 is going to be hard. Honestly, 10. 10 would be interesting. But, yeah, I don't, it's it's not in production yet. So, they have time to, like, at least get someone who's played Final Fantasy 14 to say, you have to have fucking chocobos in it. <laughs> um, well, you I don't know. know. It sounds like a bad idea. Like If they communicated with the Japanese, they would say, you have to have chocobos in it. Right. And I really don't, like, I don't get the benefit to doing it in live action. Like, that just seems way too difficult and too easy to, like, cut out all the elements that would be difficult for you. You know, if Larry was here, he'd have a perfect question for you. I believe that. That would challenge you, and then you'd say, you stick to your point, and then he would just say, fair enough. Right. But he's not here. No. He's busy having dinner. <laughs> yeah, fucking sell out, right? Uh, I mean, you know, people ask me to do things on Wednesday. I don't do them, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta have a talk with this, Larry, if that's his real name. <laughs> uh, you guys got any other news? Uh, Verizon is giving people a free year of disney plus great like anybody that has verizon unlimited you get a free year of disney plus and if you've already pre-ordered or prepaid whatever the fuck that deal that they had um if you already got that that'll be paused until your verizon year is up so you're getting a free year on top of if you've already like got whatever like what was it like four bucks or something like that for a year or something yeah yeah, what it whatever that deal was that that starts when your Verizon year is up. So I thought that was a pretty big thing. It's for new and existing customers, so it's not like you have to like sign up now to get it. If you're already a customer, then you can sign up for Disney Plus and it, you'll get the the free year. Man, I wonder how much China invested in that to get <laughs> the deal. Yeah, well, Verizon. No. The, Verizon does that a lot. Like they did that with with football. There was a couple of years where you. You could watch uh, football games on the football app on the Verizon network. Like it wouldn't work on Wi-Fi. You had to get off Wi-Fi and be on the network, but <laughs> you wouldn't use up your data either. Okay. So it, they did that, and then like the next year, well, now you're using your data, or like there's a charge or something. I, I don't know. But they, they they're like the drug dealers. I mean, they'll give you they'll give you a taste of it the first year, and then you got to pay the second. Enjoy. No, I know. 
all the shows that are going to be streaming on Disney Plus, and there were quite a few shows missing from the list. Like which um, one? Uh, most important to me, there was no mention of Fillmore being streamed. So I don't know what's happening with that. What's Fillmore? Like, I feel like Fillmore, I've talked about it a couple of times. It's the cartoon. It's a police procedural taking place in a middle school. But based on 70s cop shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did talk about that. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite cartoons. It's never gotten a DVD release to my knowledge. It's not available for purchase or streaming. And I was hoping that Disney Plus would have it because it's a Disney show. But they don't have that. Well, uh, what happened was China didn't like it. So they got rid of it. It's crazy because... <laughs> Because Disney Plus has like shit going back to the 60s that are, that's going to be on there. Yeah, it has a lot of shit. But I mean, there's no Fillmore. There's no Proud Family. So we've got two black cartoons that aren't on the list to be streamed. Um, there's no Pepper Ann, which I mean, she's a ginger. So that's also discriminatory. Pepper Ann was like, huh? Pepper Ann was a good cartoon. You know, it was good. It was good. It wasn't bad. But. I will say the best thing about Pepper Ann is that in one of the episodes, there was a Black Pearl poster. Oh, well, that, in that ep- I think it's that same episode. They actually had Mark Hamill signing copies of the Black Pearl in her local comic shop. Oh, OK. Yeah. That was I don't remember that. So I just remembered that the poster was there and I thought it was weird because weird and awesome. But weird, especially because the comic was like. A mature comic with like swearing and nudity in it and it's being promoted on pepper and a disney show like um yeah that was weird to me and funny i liked it but a weird cross promotion yeah they don't but yeah so there's stuff missing and i don't know why i mean disney should have the rights to all of its stuff they don't totally hate red, redheads. I mean, Kim Possible is on there that is true but she's too popular to not be on there i mean one of the few Disney shows ever to be uncanceled. Oh, they got Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck? Well, the who are going to be in DuckTales next season. Is that new DuckTales show any good? I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's good. It's so amazing. It's so funny and so clever. And I can't recommend it high, highly enough. Yeah. Well, I have Verizon, so it looks like I'm going to be watching me some DuckTales. But you're going to watch it on the network, right? Yeah, probably. Why? Oh, no. Just so you can give me the password. <laughs> the password to my Verizon account. Okay. What? Have you take control of my cell phone? <laughs> I'm not going to abuse it. Yeah. I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's mumblings that Kevin Feige is going to reboot the whole Netflix universe for Disney+. Plus that's, and that's not necessary. Yeah, just yeah Kevin, Fe- Kevin Feige is going to do it anyway. Cause but please don't. Just... just continue there's there's really no need to reboot it especially after they got them as right as they did and i know some people yes do have some issues with some of the stuff yeah i thought overall it was overall it was really good a good cohesive universe yeah with good cohesive things going on and there's no need to change that yeah overall they were good and if you don't like something you just don't watch it but when it shows up in what you do like it doesn't ruin it you know, right. And that's that's that feels more like the comics than the MCU proper, because in the comics, that's how it is. Like you would have, you know, you would have your Ghost Rider and he would team up with a character that 
doesn't really fit a Ghost Rider book, but it just worked, you know? Right. But we'll see. They got rid of Jeff Loeb, too. He's no longer oh, part what? of Marvel TV. So Man, that, that sucks. That makes me think that, that Kevin Feige is going to do that. Because it's more or less a rumor, but they got rid of the dude on the TV side of things. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anything else? That's it for me. Okay. You got your BH90210 to go? No, it's already 920. Like, how long are we going to go without Larry? Like, at least with Larry, we go on this crazy tangent where he has this weird opinion about things. So he just filibusters about it for 20 minutes. Okay, I was ready to talk about Star Trek Discovery, but... Uh, I mean, can you say it in 30 seconds? No. Okay. <laughs> next, week, next week, you'll talk, talk about Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Well... I asked you before the show, what are we going to talk about today? You didn't say Star Trek Discovery. I thought, look, that should just be on deck at all times, really. That, and then that's going to segue into the Orville. Uh, Neither one of those shows are on right now. No, that's it. We got anything? No, we got to everything we needed to get to. Unless there's more news, but uh, I think we covered everything. Yeah, it's nothing important. Say again? Uh, give us some final thoughts, man. So, uh, Jughead the Hunger versus Vampironica is going to be ending soon. I'm definitely going to talk about it when that happens. Cool. Uh, give us some final thoughts. Check out Stumptown. It's a good show. As for me, uh, my final thought, if Larry would have been here, would have been that I would talk about that J.J. Abrams autistic son spider-man issue two which i just read and i had a final thought about it but i'm not gonna say it because all i have to tell you is follow us on all social media and meet us here next week on allgames.com